0: so you guys ready to go yeah we're ready ready to go go. all right let's go what's going on everyone welcome to another episode of the lone wolf podcast i'm your host wolfson and today we got a special guest in the building we just recently met through the great pages of instagram where mostly all my guests are currently i'm meeting over i don't know i like instagram now because now i can get (laughs) a lot of a lot of people to come over to my show but i just recently met these guys over and i decided like yo let's bring them over because they got a lots of things to talk about in the table which we are going to be discussing. please say hello and welcome underground wolves right yeah underground uh, wolves what's that's up? it what's going thank you for on
1: us. yeah thank you so much first Happy things to be first here.
0: first things first guys before we get even further into the deeps in the conversations Give us a little bit introduction about yourselves. What's your name? What do you guys do? And what's this mission that we got? We're going to be taking care of.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Chris. Uh, I'm from Boca Raton, born and raised in Florida.
1: Like the owner of Underground Wells is my partner, Lorencio. My name's Lorencio. I'm also born and raised in South Florida. And uh, we're just here to kind of want to express ourselves in a way. And by doing this, we're doing shows.
0: Oh, shit. So- What kind of weird shows we're talking about?
1: Yeah,
2: so we do, uh, right now we have two different types of shows that we run. Uh, We run like a rhythm, bass, and experimental shows uh, in Boca. And then we also have another Boca location where we do uh, house shows, house and technical.
0: Really? So you guys are actually what, festival runners, event planners? Yeah, so basically, yeah.
2: We basically like to set up our own events and curate events with a lot of like local artists, local uh, venues. Mm. And it's just like all all about the local scene, you know, helping out like Mm. local people.
1: Very community-based.
0: I love it. I love it. That's what it's all about, man. You know, it's funny. Like, I haven't heard from you guys in my years that I've worked before in the in the music industry. This is like the first time I've seen you guys. And now... When I check on your social media, it's like I'm seeing that you guys are working with my previous employers with Lucho and Pepin. You know, I'm like, holy shit, these guys are actually moving around. That's what's up. Yeah. So we
2: we've, uh, we actually started uh, in February was our first show. We had some mm. of the Webaholics guys come out and uh, did uh I'm like good friends with Reginald Simpson and Tate B, none of them from way back when we did it in february and since then we've just been pumping shows
0: what actually got you guys started to say like yo like let's just start our own shows you know let's just do this and that like what why actually inclined you and prompted you guys to start all this shindig
2: um i would say honestly it's just like the love of the music the love of the scene like people like the people in the scene the edm scene are just like super awesome people mm. i have a lot of friends like uh you actually had him on your show goon how i heard about you
0: yeah um, shout out to our boy goon, man.
2: Uh, i actually went to high school with him uh oh really I used to go, yeah i used to like throw house parties back in the day and he used to be my designated dj for all my shows oh and so so that's how we originally like i got into it and then from festivals, I go to a ton of festivals, and like I just love the scene, love the music, love the people. So why not do it, you know? Especially with COVID, after everything happened with COVID, there was like no no music, no nothing. So we we're like, why not, you know, build that up here in like Boca because we're based out of the Boca Raton area.
1: Yeah, and there's really not a scene as of now. Like we kind of brought that. We're like we're bringing this industry to like local venues, and we're kind of mm. getting publicized by like DJs and stuff. So it's really cool.
0: That's actually pretty cool because. As as far as I concern when I used to work for for Lucho and Pepe there weren't that many shows up out past Miami that involves more of the underground scene in the sense of dubstep and the basement community overall it was mostly the closest thing I I we've ever done was Pompano Club Cinema that's like literally oh, like yeah. that's like literally the closest thing we've ever done for bass music because anything else, we'll just slap it all into space or heart if we can or if we can put it over there. But anything outside of that, you know, I ne- I've barely b- we barely done it and we don't know whether there were any bass heads in that area where you guys are in Boca that actually like flew down to, to go to any of these shows, you know? So it's actually pretty cool that you guys actually started out your own company and, and started doing all these, you know, bass shows where and working along with these people, you know?
2: Yeah, and it's like, the thing is, is like where we are over here, it's like we're in that situation where we're like far enough. We're like, we're far enough from Miami where it is a little bit of a drive and we're far enough from West Palm where it is still a little bit of a drive. But the community here for like bass music is huge. There's a lot of artists mm. that come from my car area that like love bass yeah and, like that's i would say base honestly in like the palm beach area is like bigger than the house scene uh in this area
1: it, and it's a real beautiful thing to like to see it all be put together and to bring out the community and the local vendors right and have the local artists it's just a beautiful scene it's very uh close-knit and very like community-based like i said
0: that's pretty dope man and how long did this whole community like started out like how do you know that there was there's actually a lot of talent here a lot of people who are actually into bass music and they want to go and they don't want to drive all the way to miami how do you guys figure that out like where did it all go down
2: i mean honestly i would say it comes down to like our friend group like mm. we're, you know like our friend group I, my friend group like we all love to go to festivals they're all like bass heads they all go to like Wakan. they travel to go see yeah, shows they're always down in miami all the time so i said so like we talked about, it and it's like, why not bring that type of energy closer to home? And plus, the Forbidden Kingdom was in Boca Raton, and that didn't, you know, no doubt, that was great. Everybody loved that. So
0: that was actually, you know, one of the dopest festivals I've ever seen. I wish I was, I could be part of it, but I actually experienced it from far away, and it was like, wow, Forbidden Kingdom was just nuts when it was in that amphitheater, um, right there in Boca, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh Sunset Cove. Sunset Cove, that was the name I was yeah, trying to think of, yeah. uh, you know, that. yeah, that was like the first time that it got announced. It was actually pretty dope. It was like around that time in which I decided like to quit or oh. not quit but put myself at a hiatus with music cuz yeah. at that point I was just like pressuring myself not doing stuff that I wanted. So I have mm. to like step aside for a moment and let me refocus myself and refocus like what is it do i want to be part of this industry in some shape or way you know and then i got into podcasting And then podcasting has been the the happiest thing i've ever done in my life you know and and i decided that as soon as i start doing podcasting man i want to bring everybody into my show and when i say everybody i want every fucking body you know i don't care whether you're big or small could care less. All I want is for you to come over and share your story, you know? Because there's a lot of stories out there that that I'm so happy that we can share some some similarities, you know, and and it, well, and but at the same time, it's like unfortunate that we do share those similarities because we all it's it's funny how the music industry really works when it comes to talent because talent only comes out when you have a when you are not actually talented. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, because like. If you if you meet like people like Goon and the other peoples that I interview with, like recently, like the Dream Takers, um, Plasma. And just recently, I just interviewed Bats. Like those guys, uh, I've se- I've listened to their music and Plasma is sick as shit, you know, shout out yeah. to him. And then I listen to Goon's music and Dream Takers and Bats. And not too long ago, lost chameleon. He's from Greece. Wow. Like I'm look, I'm literally looking at hidden talents. Like I'm trying to find diamonds within the hidden rocks.
2: Yeah, exactly. Sure. I mean, I feel like that's the thing here with like South Florida. There's so many diamonds in the rough down
0: here. Yes. Like we have so
2: many like talented artists and producers that like live down here. And I feel like here it's just very difficult for a lot of people to get into the scene. You know, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, it's like very uh, kind of like who you know and how many tickets you can
1: sell. Type mm-hmm. of course, you know? Yeah,
2: Seriously. Mm-hmm. Which, which is something that I saw within my own, you know, with the artists that I've been friends with. You know for so long like they would all go through that trouble and like what we wanted to do was create a place where it's like okay you don't have tons of followers you don't have a big following but you make good music and you know how to play like i want to give you that opportunity to play mm. i want to let you play your style of music whatever that may be i don't want to hinder you and say oh you have to be specifically one thing or another it's like no you're the artist go up there play your music play what you feel like and make the crowd go wild
1: you know and they do an excellent job you know I've seen uh, some of these DJs will totally captivate some of our audiences and like everyone's just jamming so it's a very cool thing to be able to put that together
0: I commend you guys for doing stuff like that see it's because like people like you guys is where I fuck with you know because I I had so many hardships when I was trying to come up, man. It's not easy, bro. And I've seen a lot of up and comers that are some of them are actually making the same mistakes that I'm. they're, they're doing. And I'm trying to persuade them as much as possible because it it's such the fact that, you know, the only way for us to learn how to get into the industry is when we make all these sort of mistakes.
2: Absolutely. Because
0: there's literally nobody up there like. That made it or is like stable up there. That will tell you or show you the ropes. That will mm, never help yeah. you do that. In fact, that will just probably use you or 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 worse. They'll just see you as a competition and they'll not help you. And, and they'll just tell you, like, dude, just figure it out. I figured out on my like- own, so figure it out yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, literally. 100
2: percent. I mean, that's how the industry is. You know, mm-hmm. people are very are very uh self motivated just for themselves. You know, yeah. like selfish. Better off to say. So hundred percent, but we don't, we don't try to do that. Like our, our whole thing is like, we're like really just like our, our like slogan is support your locals. Like that's mm. our thing. Like it's all about yes. the locals starting from our venues to like the DJs that we put on. to the vendors that we get to come and sell at our shows, it's all about just helping the community and like the local scene
1: itself. You
2: know, I with any competition, we have competition in this area too that are starting to do face shows, but we work with them because it's not, it's not a,
1: it's not an us versus you yeah, it's well, like well, what, yeah.
0: Two, yeah. no that's actually pretty cool because i for many many event planners or promoting companies they see each other and they try to compete with each other because they see who does the best shows you see who does the best pulls and the and the way you guys are approaching it is it's very intriguing because you guys actually do it for the community You say, like no 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 let's not work against each other in fact work let's work along Let's make let's make money together. Let's have great vibes together. Let's just do this. Let's just be big together, you know. So it's very cool that I'm seeing yeah, for new guys. People together. Yeah, I'm. I like the the way that you guys are approaching the industry, you know. Because like like I said earlier, not many people do this shit, you know. I don't see that many promoters out there or event planners per se that actually help out the the next generation in a sense like the next you know that's up in commerce the next people that want to be part of it that you know or enjoy their lives by just like i don't see that often and and it says because then people like us We got to be out there publicly and tell them like, go guys, it's okay. We can work together. This is, this is all the things that you got to do. And that's it. Let's do it. You know, whereas
2: why not make life easier? You know, why, why try to butt heads when you can collaborate and make something that's worth it at the end of the day, like for our shows and just like anybody's shows, you're trying to put on a good show, something that captivates people. It's like, why do we have to try to butt heads and see who can do the biggest thing? when not, when? why don't we work together to try to make something that's big or stop not not to compete just to work right. together collaborate on an
0: event you know and and i commend you guys for doing that guys you know keep doing that type of stuff because that's actually what changes the industry one day at a time you know obviously we're not trying to revolutionize you know form a revolution and change the whole <laughs> yeah, narrative exactly. of the, the music industry the music industry is gonna be like that there's no way to, to change yeah. it out of it but we can make it a much more safer and much more exciting environment and community for, for those who actually want to be part of it. You know, it only starts with these one little steps. Yes. It's one step with too many steps backwards, but it's still one step forward, you know? And we're, this is what we're trying to do. You know, we're trying to bring people together. We're trying to expose people, expose this talent that we have here. That's been undervalued, underused and not be recognized because most of the time people only see the people who are talentless, who has only the 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 social media pools, you know, who brings all the money to pay for their slots. You know, like people only see those guys, the guys that are louder than the talented, you know, and that's where I got to, you know, put my foot down and be like, yo, 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 chill the fuck down. No, no. You ain't talented as, as nothing. Like, these guys are the real heroes, you know? These guys are talented, guys. Like, look at this music. Look at this. I can only do uh, so much, you know? I can only just, like, hey, guys, these are the people that I'm listening to. These guys are dope. I can only do so much, you know? and it, 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 I cannot make miracles, but at least I'm doing my part to say, like, I'm trying to help you as much as I can and just expose you as much as i can you know
2: yeah and you know what they say you know even throwing a small pebble into a lake makes a big ripple effect yeah so even the smallest of things can be very huge you know for anybody that's involved that's why we try to do it so it's like these people that have the talent like you can play in front of people and do what you want and that little ripple effect you know to create a fan base from there you know you play at our show and now you have a small following that wants to come see, you know, and that's that's what it's all about. Just even just a little bits,
0: just little by yeah. little, guys, you know. And yeah, that's all we can do right now to just to support our our locals. And I like the way you guys are doing it, you know. But let me ask you guys, like, how did this all started down and decided to like? I just want to be part of the music industry in some shape of way, you know. I I don't want to be just a raver. I want to be a part of this. I want to I want this to be one of my living things, you know?
2: Okay. So that, that came to me at Okeechobee Uh, right before the pandemic. I remember it was like, I was standing there at Okeechobee and I was looking at the stage where Ellis Dream was playing and I was standing there and I was like, man, I want to do this one day. Like, I want this to be like my life. I want to be able to coordinate this, like throw an event where like, the energy is like immaculate. I, I would say Okie was one of my favorite festivals I've ever went to. It's
1: my favorite festival. Mm. It was
2: just like the energy there, the way that they had it set up, the immersion that you get from like walking through the festival grounds. Right. I was like, man, like everyone, I had a great time, all my friends and I was like, I wish that I could do this or somehow get myself involved. And then, uh, the pandemic hit where, I, uh, you know, everything closed down, no more shows, no more anything. Uh, there was a small bar that like is near uh, near my school at FAU, and uh, I would go in there a lot. Just so I happened to meet the owner at the time, and uh, this was around February ish, beginning uh, January actually, beginning mm. of January. And we were talking, and uh, I, I was telling him, you know, I love the, your place that you have. It's right next to FAU. Um, I know a couple people that are in the music scene that you know play dubstep and. You know rhythm and that style of music i was like it's a little bit different than your typical college type of stuff that you want to do but we would love to you know try to build something here and let it happen and he was he was like absolutely uh you guys can just bring your equipment and set up your stuff and we'll make some shows happen
0: oh damn so you then, you guys already had your own equipment uh yeah so we uh
2: i actually funny story about that so uh the original the first show that we ever did mm. I, didn't, I didn't have any equipment i just was talking to this guy sitting at a bar drinking and i was just like you know I- i'll see if he says yes see if he says no just to say fuck it and try it and uh, i get the yes from him so i booked like a couple of ar- a couple artists uh that i just knew that said that they would be down to do it two days before the event i, I was going to use the equipment that they had because they do bands there and stuff so mm. we we're going to use like some band speakers i was going to use a table that they had from the bar for like the dj equipment that we were going to bring Luckily, I met this uh, artist. His name is Racket, If you if you haven't heard of him, yeah, he's doing shows in like uh, Treehouse and stuff. Blown okay, out. good guy. Shout out to Racket.
1: Great music.
2: Yeah, great music.
1: Um, oh, for sure.
2: He was the one who actually came to me and was like, "Hey, man, I have some stuff that we can like put together for the show. If you want to like, if you want to work together, and we can like really like hone this thing in. And then from there, it's been a wrap. We've just been working together, just throwing these shows.
0: Damn. So you guys have been literally just started this year with all these shows then yeah this yeah. year
2: this is our uh, this is the start yeah
0: well how many shows and you've done up till now
2: uh we're at i would say, i think we're coming on 16 and 17.
1: Yeah, i think the 10th will be the 17th
2: yeah the 10th is going to be our 17th show that we've done god
0: damn that's what's up 17 and shows then, yeah. in one in less than a year Damn, guys, congratulations on that. Not many people actually can successfully do that many shows in the the span of less than a year. That's actually incredible, guys. And the fact that you're actually still coming in even more, that just shows you like the potential and power that you guys hold within your own grass. And now you can, you know, just fuck this shit up even further beyond, you know?
2: Yeah. And I think it's just like, we're getting a lot of love from like the people that come to our show. Like we're really building up a community. Uh, we just got tagged uh, was it two days ago. Somebody put our stickers all over Zoomies and Zoomies West Palm Beach even tagged us uh, on it. So a lot of love from like the locals over here. I'll tell you that base scene here is real.
1: Yeah. And that's like a huge motivation factor is cause like, we'll throw a show and then we'll have like a group of people who want to know when the next show is. Mm. And then it's just such a like, I don't know. I just love the feeling of providing something that people like look forward to and they want to enjoy. You know, it's kind of bringing that live music experience where people are walking around with pashminas and rave wear and everyone's like positive vibes. It's just a cool thing. And then so I think that's a huge motivational for us.
0: That's pretty dope, man. So when is the f- next following shows that you got planned? I, f- I, f- I know that I saw something that you guys got planned in the future if i'm not mistaken
2: yeah so we have a a show set up uh coming this saturday uh at shisha house in boca raton that's gonna be uh, a house show Mm. Uh, we got some like great house artists playing down for that and then we have another show planned out uh for it's it's still in the works right now Mm. but i think it's gonna be for the 19th uh, of september we're gonna have another bass show Uh, Ready with some heavy hitters also.
0: Oh, we got we're bringing heavy hitters. Not just logos. We're We're bringing heavy hitters
2: uh, Let's just say some local heavy hitters Oh, I can't say too much We're trying to be discreet right
0: now. Hey man, that's (laughs) fine as long as we got something planned in the in the words man Hey, I'm all Uh, for it. Let's go Let's go damn all right so that's what's up bro so let me get this what goes actually behind the scenes in these shows you know what actually happens during all these planning and festing and all that stuff like what goes through your heads what are you guys are doing before during and after a show or festival
2: yeah absolutely so uh So he, he'll, he'll talk to you about all the vendors and everything else. When it comes to that, he's, he's like, uh, takes control of all the vendors. He also has his own crystal shop that sells within our, uh, events that we do. Um, what I do is I mostly manage, you know, making sure that we have uh, audio and visual, uh, visuals set up for the events, Mm -hmm. uh, making sure that we have everything, you know, book booking artists and just making sure that everybody's time is worked with everybody and, uh, getting the security in there, running the door and just, you know making sure that everybody feels at home, you know, like we walk around, like uh, you'll see me always walking around the event, just talking right. to people, just making sure that everyone's in that, like in a good mood and content to be there and just working with the artists to make sure that they're set up for a good show as well. you know. And then, uh, if you want to go over. The
1: yeah. So not only with throwing a show, we're kind of creating an experience or yeah. like a vibe. So what I do is I, um, I own a crystal business called one love crystals. And so I'm always at flea markets and, uh, green markets. And we do like local events from like Miami to Palm beach. And so I meet vendors that would like to come vend at our show. Mm. And so we'll have people selling pins, um, me with the crystals. We also have, uh, a couple more like streetwear and clothes and like apparel, like rave stuff. And I think that that really brings the whole event together people like not only with the live music but there's also live vendors you know so people can come shop and it's all like handmade stuff and organic stuff that's being sold dope. so it's just uh it's an all-around vibe
2: and we've worked with like flow artists too to have like fire spinners at our shows yeah and just glovers mm. in general you know that's always welcome
0: that's dope so i got now i got a lot of questions to ask you guys because like now you just like open up more doors for me and so The thing about my podcast, I'll tell you this little brief and I'll ask you some of these questions. So if you guys aren't aware what my podcast goal is, basically, my podcast is letting the whole world and, and share what it was, my experience within the music industry, all the hardships, all the come ups, all the stuff that I had to do. And of course, exposing some little truths behind it, you know letting know how record labels work, how emails work, how the ARs work, how festivals work, how promoters work, how artists work, and such and such. So so I basically tell people, like, this is all the stuff that goes around when it comes to doing this, this, and that. And I try to guide people as much as possible to not make the mistakes that I've I've committed or others committed. A wise man learns from his own mistakes. A wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. So true. so basically, I'm just wow. like giving them a little guidance, a little, you know, letting them know It's like, hey, if you're going to do this, try to do this, this and that. Don't do this and that because this is what's going to happen and this is going to be the outcome. Like I can foresee it already. And it's because I've already experienced it, whether it's me or my homies They're still out there killing it or they're trying to kill it. You know, I've seen it all. Like I got to the point that like there's nothing that will surprise me in the industry. So I try to come over here and try to tell everybody my side of the story, my homie's side of the story and all the guests' side of the story, you know, because people need to know like, hey, guys, like. Don't take it from me. Take it from the people that I'm interviewing. Take it from my guests. They'll, they're telling you how shit really does. So with that in mind, I'm like, you guys are actually the first festival runners and vendors that I'm interviewing in my show. So now I'm going to actually, get, you know, give you a little ask you guys a little bit about how whole shit runs down when it comes to being a festival runner and a vendor, because I'm pretty sure that you guys are not the only ones out there in the world who are who's trying to do this shindig that you guys are doing, you know, try to be part of something, being an event planner of sorts, you know, and try to try to build a sort of community or try to build, you know, a company or organization, you know, to do to bring out more music, you know. Try to be the next Insomniac or Tomorrowland or Ultra or shit like that. You know, who knows? Yeah. You know, so I'm going to ask you guys a little bit of questions. So you guys can, uh, you guys are feel free to answer. If you guys feel like, nah, we don't want to give that much information. That's fine. You don't need to answer it. We could just omit to the next question. So as a festival runner, there's a lot and a lot, and a lot of roles that you, that you play as a festival. First things first, how do you get in contact of, of finding the venue? And how do you actually separate, like, you know, let's separate this venue and let me put a deposit. How do you get that money? Uh,
2: so, see, like, the lucky, the lucky thing about how we've done it, I mean, I guess up until this point, it's just been word of mouth and just, like, talking to people. Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't gotten into the point yet, at least with our business, that we put the money into getting a deposit into a place. We're actually, like, how we've done it with these last few places, we went into them saying more of we're a service, uh, we, we pitch it more of like a service to these, like for these, uh, businesses. So we go to like smaller bars and we go to smaller, like hookah places and lounges mm. where people like tend to sit and drink or like just relax. And we go in there and we tell them, okay, so your place, we can bring in a guaranteed hundred people, 150 people. Um, and they'll come and they'll spend drinks and they'll do everything. We just want to get your space. We want to get the door cover from door. And then if they have a bar, uh, we want 10% off the bar cuts mm. if, if it's a very, if it's like a dead bar and then we know it's like failing or whatever, that's, that's what we think is fair since we're going to bring the promotional team to come take your videos for you, not just the venue, but for the artists, we're going to bring out, uh, like, uh, the photographers to take pictures of the location, we do all the marketing ourselves, mm. we make the flyers in house. Uh, we do all the promotions in house. I mean, we, me and him and a couple other people, we're walking around FAU and anywhere that there's like high foot traffic, just handing out flyers, Right. you know? So it's like, they pay for the service of having us come through, you know, okay. so that's what we've been lucky for. We haven't been able, we haven't gotten to the point yet where we're looking at for the deposit yet on, mm. on a location, but we've been lucky to work with a lot of like local, local spots and that's how we've been doing it.
0: Okay. That's. Yeah. That's actually pretty good, and and I forgot to ask you guys on on these shows. Like, is this like restricted to twenty one plus, or is that eighteen plus? Like, what's the age when you go into these shows?
2: So it's really just like dependent on the on the place that we're working with, because mm-hmm.
0: a lot of these places, uh, like for example, like where we throw our, our like home base for
2: our dubstep and rhythm shows in Boca, that guy is really specific on twenty one plus. Like, mm-hmm. but that's because the Boca area got rated a few. Like a year ago, and they got raided for underage drinking. So he's very oh. strict on
1: that.
2: Yeah, like a bunch of people got got arrested. Um, but now he, he likes it twenty one plus, so he, it has to be twenty one. Where we do where, where we're doing like our hookah show, like where we're at these hookah places, uh, for our house shows, we tend to do that at like eighteen plus for people because hookah you can smoke at eighteen. So right, they're a little bit more lax with yeah. age.
0: And how do you guys control, the, you know, the for any of these eighteen-year-olds to to be drinking? Like, how do you control that wristbands?
2: Yeah, we, we wristband everybody when they come in. Uh, we have bands that are like designated for those that are over twenty-one, and then mm. for the under twenty-ones, we uh, we end up either marking their hand or we put a different color wristband.
0: So. Okay, perfect. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good, guys. I was actually gonna ask you because I I, I remember we used to do that a lot in Heart and Space like we it's we always put 18 plus but we made sure that every 21 year old they get a wristband anyone who doesn't have a wristband that w- we identified it as a as underage so that's mm-hmm. how you does that's, that's how you can tell like oh yeah you know you know i can't serve you because you don't have your wristband and and it's a specific color wristband. you can't get any the same wristband you know
2: yeah exactly it's that way you clean up and don't have any headaches from it.
0: Yeah. Know? Yeah. And um, have you ever encountered any, you know, problems when it comes to these teenagers trying to drink or get passed out or wasted or shit like that?
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would say it's honestly, but we're like in a college town. I mean, is like FAU, from where we throw our base shows, FAU's like, two minutes away Mm -hmm. so like yeah i've seen i've seen some craziness some people passed out in the bathrooms every you know once in a while but it tends to be the younger people that do it so that's why we like to keep our shows 21 plus so it's like it eliminates kind of like that headache of having people like over drinking or throwing up on the floor
1: getting dragged out by their friends you know and i think the type of music has a lot to has a lot to do with that because people who are there to experience the music and the whole uh, uh scene for what it is aren't there to get drunk and trashed you mm-hmm. know it's like a different uh a dim- like a different demographic
2: Right. yeah it tends to be like those people that go to our, sh- our shows like they love the music like they love the atmosphere they love the scene so they tend to like want to stay and they'll drink of course but they don't get it like hammered like these yeah. like people that you know realistically you're 18 you go to a bar you're gonna get hammered regardless of what's going on you know they just love to get get fucked up you know so it's, I feel like that's like the big difference with our shows is like our demographic is a little bit different.
0: That's good. That's good that you guys at least have some sort of control out of, out of it because it's 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 not easy, you know, and because there's no, there's no, always no. somehow some way someone's going to get drunk because they're in their underage. age that it always happens. Like it's it's stuff that's out of our hands at that point, you know? Yeah. So I commend you guys to actually doing this the right way and the way that how it should. And I'm surprised. I'm actually very surprised that there's like a lot of 21-year-old people who listen to Set, you know, and they're into, climbing to listening to bass music.
1: It's definitely a growing industry. Over the past uh, maybe two or three years, I've seen it just in our area. It's exploded with popularity.
2: Mm. Yeah, I could say like when I was in high school, I remember like, I was the weird kid out of the group because yeah. i was the one going to like festivals and listening to like bass nectar and you know whoever else was at the time that was blowing up you know right. skrillex and everyone else i was
1: everyone was like oh you're you're a weirdo
2: because you like that music and now i see all those same people and they're out over here raving and they're into like excision and <laughs> sullivan king you're
1: like all right yeah it's getting way more <laughs> yeah.
0: it's,
2: coming <laughs> <circles>. <laughs> it's
0: getting way more prevalent for sure am i the weird one now huh yeah, exactly. am i the <laughs> <Exactly>. weird one <laughs> <laughs> I remember what you said to me, okay? Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's how it's it's crazy just how things go, but that's I think that's the thing though. Like now it's like that boom where I, I like I've said to him before, it's like we're we're like in the modern day hippie era. We're like mm. at that point, I feel like it's Elaborate, like we're basically, elaborate more about that. Yeah, I feel like we're you know, you think about like the seventies, you know what I mean? Mm. Like back then, you know, like sixties and seventies, yeah, like Woodstock, all these massive festivals. And there was like a culture there you know you hear like that 70s culture like it was about like experimentation love that unity and i feel like nowadays we're like at that point as well like if you see people we're like we're like modern day hippies we we go to we go to camping festivals you see people they spend three four days at a camping festival they listen to music that's different it's all about self-expression being open it's like we're in that time period again. And it's like, right. that's what it is about. And that's, that's the beauty of it is being that open, that individuality that you have with the music that you get from being in the music scene and being around people that are like-minded like that.
0: Yeah, of course. That's actually very good. That's, yeah, that's actually a good point. I, I, it's just the, the fitness I'm, I'm, I'm in my thirties right now, you know? And I, I can say like, I started listening to EDM by the time I was m- in my sophomore year. That's like, Jesus, like almost fifteen years or something like that. Yeah, that, thats when I started listening to Tiesto. Back in Tiesto's okay. days in trance, when yeah. Tiesto was in the, his trance phase and shit, that's when I started listening yeah. to EDM. From Tiesto to Armin to Ferry Corsten to Paul Van Dyke, Paul Oakenfold, and then it, I got into Deadmau5, and then from Deadmau5 to David Guetta. And from there, I got into, you know, everything else into bass. And then obviously, Squirrels pop around out of nowhere. And from Squirrels, I started to listen to and Zomboy and Incision at that old days, you know, which is wild back then, you know. And over the years, it's, I don't know if it's because of me growing up, but I'm starting to see like a lot of people that used to listen a lot about that style of music from my age group, like they give up listening to it halfway around, you know, and I'm probably like one of the few selected that I've still continue on with listening to this type of music or still be part of this style of music, you know? So it's very interesting that when you guys are saying like, you know, it's becoming that little modern age hippie area, you know, because I don't see it much in my age group. Like if you look at the target demographic of my age group, you will see that it's like a, like a 10%, you know, mm. versus you guys. Like you guys are probably what in your mid twenties?
2: Yeah. Well, 23, 22.
0: So you're before your midterm. So you're in your early twenties, you got, and there's, and you guys are seeing like, there's a lot more of EDN around your age. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Like like a whole hundred percent, or guarantee ninety percent that there's like a lot of people that listen to EDM.
2: Oh yeah, I I I put money on it. Like if you pick out of ten people that are in my demographic, I bet Mm -hmm. you six to seven of them would say they like some form of EDM whether it's house yeah. or dubstep
1: or rhythm and it's a beautiful thing because it's bringing people together you know like people mm. show up for the music it's something that people can uh they can like have in common you know it's it's all about building that community and i think that's why it's
2: blowing up so much like with our demographic like uh, as young people you know like young people are always looking to find like that form of self-expression and that openness and i remember even my first festival i ever went to i went to life and color at 18 years old never forget it my first mm. event i ever went to big sean was playing i went basically for him i didn't even i wasn't even to raving at the time like that wait
0: um, life in color yeah
2: that- it was it was life in color it was back when they had it over at the, the near the stadium
0: oh shit 2015 life in color oh the one? yeah yeah jack you was the headliner big sean and then oh yeah shit. that was
2: my first that was my first event i ever went to i was uh i was freshly into the scene I, I actually got convinced to go because they were like yo let's go see big sean and i remember like after that point it was just like i got introduced to all the sounds all like the different experiences and fell in love with the scene it was that in like it was the openness i was there and i saw people just like dress however they want to dress and no one batted an eye no one said anything question that people were pushing like what's normal to you know dress like rock mm. like at a festival and it was just I think that's why people like it. They have such an appeal to it because you're yeah. you're free there. It's all love. Yeah, it's all love. and respect, you know. Wow,
0: that's actually pretty dope because it so happened that Live in Color 2015 happens to be my first festival perform as a DJ. Wow!
2: Holy shit! No way! That that's was awesome. my
0: first. <laughs> festival overall in my entire career life, you know, that I've ever performed uh, as a DJ, you know. Before, I performed that cinema, which is, happens to be my first one too, I opened up for Yellow Claw and okay. and then I did Life in Color. And then after Life in Color, I've done basically every other festival you can pick up in Florida. Like, I haven't done ADC Orlando. That's the one I'm... One, one of these days I'll I'll do it, you know. But SMF I've done you know fucking life of color get twice after parties all all of the south florida shows you know when it comes to cinema or space or heart like when there's a bass show there winwood part of it um and i did in my hometown in puerto rico we did like a a huge sold out festival called dreamland which like the headliners were just like stupid heavy hitters like you got between the incision and zomboy as you, your main headliners Plus, Firebeats and Jay Hardaway and Megalodon and Coon, they're in of Firebeats. Wow. Yeah, no, this is, it was a sick festival, so it's like, I've done most, I've probably touched all these other Florida festivals, you know? And yeah. f- it all started with Life of Color, man, it all started with Life of yeah. Color. In fact, I'll tell you how it all started, I was in that little shitty-ass stage that wasn't even built properly, in fact, there was no stage. <laughs> It was supposed to be... There was supposed to be four stages. There was like the main stage, the the second main stage, with, that's where you put all your bass he- heavy hitters. Then you got the... I call it the hippie stage because that's where all these people go, you know, doing their old artsy-fartsy shit and put fires and <laughs> shit and put, play some house music on it. It was like in a dome. And then there was supposed to be the local stage. What happened is that when all the locals arrived, there was no local stage. That was already a shit show right there from the start. Okay. I was like, and I was like, no, I'm playing today, one way or another. I'm playing like no Danger fucking way.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: no, there's no chance in hell that I'm not, I'm not gonna be playing today. Especially when my boy Ricky was there, and it was his first time going to these festivals, and he, that's when he sent me his early projects as nitty gritty back then. That's where I was like, nah, bro, I need to. No, I, I kid you not. I somehow moved mountains, heaven on earth. And I talked to one of the main people from, from Life in Color. I think it was Paul Reed and and Hope at the time. And they somehow pulled, pulled something out of their asses. It's just like, hey, here's like a stage. Here's like a white table. Here's the speakers. Go nuts.
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: So basically like oh shit all right not not to mention that this that everything got pushed back because there was no stage and we had to build it on ourselves. We all did a 30 fucking minute uh, set because we want we want to share with everybody. We don't want to like leave everybody empty handed. So that was my weirdest experience as my first time as a festival as a DJ performing at a festival. But I got to say, that was just the one I'll never forget. It was my first and only one. So it's very cool that you <laughs> mentioned that your first time as a festival was life in color and I was there. We probably cross present. We didn't even know it.
2: Probably, I was yeah. I was a newbie at that time, freshly yeah. into the scene, uh, still with the wearing the candy and everything else at the time. So you guys, I feel like that's everybody progression though. You start off, you know, like as a candy kid, and then you move over to like the base scene and where everything starts getting darker. You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys still do your little candy things. I'll trade. I'll trade. Yeah, if someone I'll trade. Wants to <laughs> trade
2: candy. I won't make them anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I, ne- I never got into the candies but people will always make candies for me and I'm like "Duh, thank you guys like I appreciate this you know
1: yeah like, it's definitely a cool thing definitely a cool thing I just
2: don't have time anymore to make them
0: <laughs> yeah no like I'm pretty sure if I make candies I'll probably burn my apartment so yeah I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> safe to say I'm not gonna even bother trying you know <laughs> so now we're gonna shift a little bit to the vendor side of things you know now, when it comes, you say you guys, you haven't put any deposits or secure any locations. You just, it, it just happened to be word of mouth with these people. And they just like, yeah, you know, let's split events with, with all the profits and whatnot and we'll use the space right now as a vendor, like what are the stuff that you guys utilize for, to sell these tickets? Because I know a lot of people just sell like, you know, the regular paper tickets, or are we are we now in the new future in which now we just use our phones to show our tickets
2: i mean like yeah i would say like eventbrite i mean like eventbrite is like huge like we scan a lot of tickets like from phones um but you know a lot of people just end up coming to door for most of these events or like we'll sell it out with like uh wristbands with our promoters that we use Mm -hmm. and so either one of those i mean but yeah huge on like eventbrites people always come in with their phones like with tickets ready to show so there's not that that go ahead go ahead i'm sorry I was just saying, like, it's like, uh, like the online sphere is like huge, though. Like a lot of our marketing is online, mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of our flyers and our promotions and stuff. So we do get a lot of
0: traffic off of that. Front. So there's not actually like a, like you, you, oh my God, I just, I just had the question and it just ran away. I'm so sorry, guys.
2: No, no what worries.
0: Fucking hey. So I was, I <laughs> ah, had a long day at work. So, you know, right now my, my brain's a little bit fried a little bit, but no worries.
2: I feel that. <laughs> yeah.
0: What? Okay, so what I'm about to say is like, so there's not an actual way for you guys to sell sell tickets now through all night. Everything usually goes through the doors, right? So it's like it's yeah. m- the most most effective you guys ever done through the doors. Have you ever encountered anyone who happens to somehow scalp your tickets? Um, can you explain? Like, what do you mean scalp? Like, do you know the definition of a scalping? No, I don't. Not familiar. I don't. Not familiar. So basically... Do you know you don't know what's a scalper either, right? So a scalper is basically some guy. The ba- best definition is somebody managed to sell fake tickets of out of your show, and they're selling it to to these kids, and then these kids will just like go to the venue and be like, "Oh, you can't go in," and I'm like, "Why not? Like I got the tickets." So I'm like. Yeah, but the scan is not working. Like it's, it seems like it's a fake ticket. Luckily, we haven't,
2: we haven't had any of that like happen at our shows just yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, We always change the bands and everything else that we use for door entry for every single show, so they're never going to be the same colors or the same like patterns for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for our online tickets, we have an online scanner, so we haven't had anyone do that just yet knock on wood hopefully it doesn't happen yeah uh to us we I have to tell somebody hey you can't come in because you got the wrong tickets but we'll probably work with those people to help them out yeah
0: that's that's actually pretty good you know because i I know we've i've encountered a lot of times in which people like when i'm scanning their tickets is like i'm valid and then when i take a look at the tickets and i take a look of other people's tickets like you you somehow find a distinct difference, like it could be. Like, I've
2: had people like screenshot like event brights and stuff, and like send us like used already tickets. I mean that that's happened.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a that's another form of scalping. Yeah, because basically they just screenshot it and then the more. is like, here, here's my ticket. See?
2: Yeah, that's 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 happened to our shows. Like some big shows, like when we tend to do like some bigger shows, we'll have people like buy. Come in with a ticket that's already been scanned, and then I'll see like three of them or four of them with the same fucking mm-hmm. ticket.
0: You know. And you just like telling like, nah, nah, be sorry. Yeah, trying it's it's to be bud. slick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nah, but it's right here. Like nah, B. Like, you can't fool me. Sorry. <laughs> Tough shit. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. So so when it comes to now the the vending side, like you guys say that you guys split. Ten percent with the bar, so whatever the bar gets, that now you guys get a ten percent out of that cut.
2: Yes, so uh, that's a that's how we we tend to do it with a lot of the venues that we work with. We mm. say, okay, uh, we want a ten percent cut of whatever you know you guys sell for drink wise. We don't take food; food is whatever. But for the drinks, at least, I think that's like an even trade off. A lot of the places that we go to, you know, are like failing businesses or they're like on the verge. Mm. So we go and we tell them, you know, let us host tonight. night. We're gonna guarantee mm. you three times what you're doing now, four times what you're doing now. And then we just want to take a little bit off the top for ourselves just to put back into what we're doing with everything, equipment, artists.
1: And it's mutually beneficial. And, um, like our home base where we throw like the base shows and stuff, they were actually kind of going under and we kind of put them back on the map for like, um, for like college kids. And now people will go there when they're not even at our shows. So it's cool to kind of bring a small business or a small bar back on the map. You know it's like a mutual beneficial situation
0: that's dope man that's actually pretty cool a smart way to capitalize the moment of a of us of an establishment that's not doing good and you're trying to help them out and now you know that establishment itself becomes well known because of your because of your success you know yeah,
2: yeah. so and what's trying not to be greedy you know
0: yeah So what's that? So I'm about to ask you guys about that whole, you know, percentage wise, because I know you said that you guys get percentage out of the the door and 10% of the bar. What is it that's percentage wise that the venue gets for themselves? Because I'm pretty sure the venue gets like a huge chunk out of it, if I'm not mistaken.
2: so so the, the the blessing at least that we've been able to encounter with our like pat for with the past places that we've worked with, um, they've just been willing to like work with us on in the sense that we collect everything at door. We don't split any charges with anyone other than just me and him putting it back into the business, mm-hmm. the money that we get at the door. And then the ten percent that we get from the bar sales, uh, that comes to us. So they keep ninety percent of their, you know, they keep ninety percent of their drinks and hundred percent of their food. And whatever else they sell. Um and then when it comes to our vendors that we have that come in and sell uh, these small little shops, we charge them a thirty dollar vending uh to set up their shop for the night and sell.
0: Okay. So and that so you charge you said you charge them thirty dollar vending fee. Now, do you guys get keep something from what they sell or the, oh, there's, they keep their own shit? They sell, they just paid the $30 fee for them. Yeah, just a flat rate of $30. And that's it. And then they sell yeah. all the stuff for them and keep them to themselves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are just small businesses like himself. He has a small like crystal shop. That's actually how we started working together and mm. like, building this. It's like, he has a small crystal shop. I don't, like as a business. I need to be sustainable but i don't need to be greedy and that's like a big thing that people have problems with is they want the whole pot or they want the whole pie when you can't eat the whole pie like i I don't want to put pricing or fees or say this and that and and have them working like crazy and they don't make anything for the night or they're you know they're they're hurt by the pricing that i make everyone's supposed to eat this is an industry where realistically we should all be able to eat off the table yes all have a slice you know
0: yes i agree and like something that we talked earlier you know a lot of people around here like to have that sort of competition instead of you know you know working together because hey we're all trying to get the same food you know we're all trying to eat here together man every there's literally enough for everybody to eat you know Mm -hmm. literally nobody's gonna start to death you know you're gonna start to death because you become very selfish and and decided to keep everything to yourself. And that's what's going to lead down to your downfall when you do shit like that, you know? So w- have you ever encountered anybody that has been like that in your past shows or whatnot? Uh, mm.
2: When it comes to like, greeting, I, mean, I mean, all the word artists that we've worked with have been, you know, pretty good about like pricing and everything. I mean, I've had a, a kid, you know, ask for, for me to pay him like some, you know, he doesn't even not well-known, didn't play like anything like major, but it was telling me he would do a show for 400 and I've never seen him play a single show or anything. Yeah, I was like, oh, all right, I mean, good on you, bud. But like not nobody with like any type of like name or anything. I mean, just like some smaller guy playing some small like college, like bar open platform type of night. Right. So, I mean, that's the only greedy that I've ever had like in contact with. Everybody else is really cool and reasonable.
1: and They work with us and we work with them on pricings for bookings and stuff and we're blessed in that way you know it's usually not like that
0: i i agree i agree because i see that a lot more in south florida more more likely in the miami area i see that a lot Uh, more you know i think it's house
2: artists that tend to be a a little bit more on that side i feel like the part artists, you know they're a little bit more reasonable i feel like when it comes to trying to book them and then house artists are like yeah
0: You know what? They'll charge an arm and a leg. (laughs) It's funny that you say that because now that I look back, uh, it was a lot of house artists who were like that. Um, in my when I was coming up, there was probably like one or two dubstep people who were about that, and then the rest of them were just like bass guys, like at that time trap trap heads. You know, a lot of the trap heads, yeah. But not that many. Yeah, it's like you guys said. Not that many dubs of people were were like that, you know. But I have met like the one or two rotten apples that you know they're yeah they've become that this self entitled people which you haven't. You only you're only as good as your local scene, but you're not good outside of it, you know. And they yeah and they decided like no, I I I got every right to be paid this much. I got every right to be here. I got every right to have my name bigger than yours. I'm like man. Calm your titties, bro. Yeah, for <laughs> no, real. Calm down. calm down, bro. I can drop names, but I'll tell you guys later that. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very low. But I, I have seen a lot of people on the base community, especially more in the trap scene. You know, they that were about that stuff, and you know, I, it's like unfortunately, like where are they now? Yeah, seriously, that's true.
2: Yeah. I, I just feel like like bass artists and like dubstep artists, you know, anybody like in the experimental scene too, I feel like they're way more willing to work with people because they, it's harder. Oh, yeah. I feel like in this, in the, especially with oh, that yeah. style of music, it's so hard to get gigs and to like play and to like be able to do that. You know, I feel yeah. like where it's house, Miami loves house. It's just kind of how it is. Yeah. You know, so it's easy for them to go to any type of place and just play. So I, I feel like that's kind of a factor too, when it comes to, I
0: agree. Like the I agree now. because, um, as, as I remember, like you said, Miami is known to be a house place. You know, that's what's all about. That's what everybody loves. They love house people. So for a community like the bass community itself, it's very hard for to come out or pull out or, you know, it's get, get yourself out known. So, you know, I agree that I've worked with many bass players around the scene at that time, you know, because we all... We all want to share, you know, we all want to like, yo, like, I want to come out just as much as you do. Like, let's just work together. Let's just do something, you know, because I guess if not, it's going to be like you're get you get to play, but you don't. And all these house cats are going to be playing more than us, you know, and everybody's going to see them more than us. So it's like what's the best way to do is it? like if we work together collaboration. Yeah. It's like that's the key to everything. Just being good with people, working with people that are good. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, it's like Especially with music, if you're a good artist and you you know, you're, you know have a friend that's a good artist and you guys can make a music, why not do a, like a feature together or go back-to-back for a show? You know what I mean? It's I like,
0: agree. You exactly. both
2: grab the exposure.
0: I agree. One of my funnest times, uh, one of my highest highlights of my life was doing two, there were two back-to-bats that I will never forget in my life. The first one happens to be a four back-to-back, four-way type shit. That was like in that sold-out festival that I performed back in in my home in Puerto Rico. And we were at prime time. It was just me and my three homies. And we were just going back-to-back, just like putting banger after banger after banger after banger after banger, banger, banger. banger. And the cool thing about our dynamic is that, first of all, we've never done a back-to-back with all four of us together. Second of all, the chemistry was insane. First of all, each of us were a different genre. I was mostly all about dubstep. My other two homies, who happens to be DNA, they were all about Moomba and Jersey. And then our other homie, Chavalo, shout out to him. He was about more about trap and a little bit of dubstep here and there, but mostly trap and Mumba. So we basically had like four or five different genres all together. In that one set, and every set it was just like one tr- one track after another, to another, to another, to another. It was just like insane, and it would. I wish we, I wish we could record the the audio version of that man because I would I would love to hear that shit every day if I must, you know. <laughs> but there's like clips of it in my Instagram. Like if you guys scroll down a little way to 2016 around there, you're gonna see you're gonna see the clips in which it just went bananas you know wow and the second time which is super memorable was when i did back to bed with nitty Greedy. shout out to my my boy when we opened up for adventure club for winwood fear factory
1: okay i've heard of that
0: yeah so we opened up for for adventure club because i remember that was the first time in which nitty was about to play his first show and it was his first festival and it was in Fear factory they gave him the like the opener slot, you know. Everybody's gonna start somewhere. So his manager was trying to find a way in in which he, they can put him to play in the after party. And I told I told the manager and Rick, is like, where you guys are planning to play it?" It's like, "Oh, we're planning to play in the locals." I was like, "No, nah, no, nah, bro, come over, come come over to my stage. I'm literally open up for Adventure Club. Adventure Club just recently played one of my sons in Lollapalooza." Like, come do a, a nasty back-to-back with me for Adventure Club. Like, let's just go nuts. And, awesome. and after that, we were just like magic. I don't know what the hell happened that night because for show, we played so many genres in the base area that we were just looking at each other and we were just like literally competing. We were like, oh, okay, you played this? All right, got you. Let me outplay this. And I'll be like, oh, just like that? Got I got you I got you and we were just like going nuts until they tell us like hey you gotta put your last song and I was like <laughs> already we just started awesome. this shit wow. so so I say like you know working with set uh, bass players and bass producers has been one of the um, funnest times I ever had in my life as a, as a DJ in these festivals so I do highly recommend guys like if you ever guys want to do back to backs do it guys do it. Trust me, it's a lot fun. Especially if you're, you're homies with some of these guys, you know, like, why not? You guys benefit. Yeah, yeah. Like you guys said, you guys are benefiting from each other because people will know, it's like, holy shit, it's from this guy and this guy, you know?
2: And so, your chemistry is always unmatched when you're, yeah. like, friends with the artist that you're throwing down
0: with. Exactly, know? exactly. So... That was my that was my da- time when I was a DJ slash promoter. Now I don't do that anymore. I don't like being a being a promoter anymore. I feel like you know promotion at that time. I was kind of hungry when I was doing that because I had nothing. I basically like didn't know anybody here in South Florida. So the only way for me to get my name out there, I have to be a promoter and a DJ. Yeah, so I had it. so I had to grind my ass off and work extremely over 300 hours of just street promo just to get my name out there and just to get to promote the shows and shit and whatnot. Mm. But in my come-ups, I see a, a lot of people who claims to be that they're, you know, artists, but they're actually promoters. You know, yeah. they 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 don't, they haven't touched one single session in their Able Tense or Fruity loo session and they just like happen to like being a dj for the fame and glory you know have you ever guys yeah. ever encountered such people like that in your shows
2: actually I have a funny story uh wow. one of the people that we had it was our beginning it was like the first, second show i think or third show we ever done i got in contact with this guy not gonna name names but came up to me said he had an app would love to come and perform for our show he's mm. really hyping himself up so sent me over a couple mixes i listened to them they were good i was like all right perfect you know I like your style of music come let's we can you can come play and we'll make something happen perfect i gave him a good time slot he had an app he did a little bit of promotion so i was expecting you know this guy's gonna come in there and tear it up we're in we i get uh i'm sitting there listening and said i'm like all right it's good hand in he had two hand uh two cups in his hand he was drinking while on stage right drinking getting on the mic talking Got two cups in his hand again he kept talking put it down and then uh, one of my friends who's an artist too, Ashes, shout out to Ashes, comes over yeah. and he goes, hey man, is, uh, is this guy like mixing or what is he doing? Is he just talking on the mic or is he just drinking? So I go behind him and I'm like looking at, at the panels, you know, how you have on the CDJs, you have like, yeah. both sides, and it sells the music running. I look over and he's playing a fucking mix from SoundCloud, not mixing or anything, just, playing, just playing with the sounds in the center, not even doing anything, just talking on the mic.
0: Kick them out so fast. (laughs) Yo, that's hilarious.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was an instant. Yo, you're done. Sorry, buddy. Get off the stage. We got people that actually want to
0: play. (laughs) That's hilarious. The audacity. The the audacity for you to pull that shit on live? Yo, shout out to that motherfucker for having the biggest (laughs) cojones in the world to do something like that. Holy fuck that's hilarious yeah, that's bro. Crazy. It was nuts. Jesus. You know what? I I I cannot I cannot say that I haven't seen any because I have, but the worst ones is that I've seen it on bigger artists that we all know. That's the sad part that I've seen it on artists that are already established out there you know so yeah. it's actually something very common and probably this guy thought that wow. was like the most common thing ever to do so like, hey let me just try to try to be one of the big guys hey i'm a big guy yeah i'm drinking and drinking and thinking and blah blah yeah that's that's wild bro yeah, it just looks worse when you get caught you know what i mean <laughs> Let's move on from that topic before we do move on one last thing guys because now we're the we acknowledge that these let's call it people exist within our communities you know and they like to call themselves the artists you know do you believe that these Dj/ slash promoters deserve for them to call themselves artists like legit artists? Or we're just like, yeah. not nah, you're just a DJ and promoter. That's it.
2: I mean, at yeah. that point, you're not really like, if you're just someone that's going to go on there and press the play button, you know, you're not really an artist, you know, like shit. Any, any, an average person can go and press a button and just press play, mm-hmm. you know, but there's people that really take it to heart. Like I, you know, they're out there and they're mixing, they're preparing for their sets. They're finding the combinations of songs that they're going to use, you know, but not, they're not going to pre-record it, but they're going to know in their head. Okay i know this song matches with this and we're gonna make this and this happen if the vibe is like this and that's a real artist yeah you know being able to make the dance floor have movement depending on the movement that you're gonna make it have. you know and being able to create your own music as well i think is a huge factor when you're considering an artist as opposed to just like a regular
1: like dj you you really have to have the music to back you yeah. You know, if the music's there and the vibes are there, and you can, yeah, you just have to have the music to back you.
0: That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool, guys. That you know, stand by, you know, don't let some of these, you know, scumbags, quote unquote, try to, you know, get squeeze or weasel themselves out into, into your fame because you know, that's how they get their popularity, that's how they get, you know, like recognition, you know, and it's like you could have give this to someone who was much more talented than this person. This person is just a, a glory hog, you know. He's just mm. becoming uh, becoming something that is not part of the community. It's becoming something completely different, and we should never be associated with people like that because you know that that's that's what ruins the whole the whole thing, you know. So I commend yeah, you guys. Yeah, give a
2: bad image, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. A lot of the I agree. Now, let me ask you guys, because I want to know how has the industry has ever treated you guys when you guys started out to do this, this journey that you guys are doing with your company? You know, has it been, has it been a lot of hardships, a lot of obstacles? Has there been like ups and downs? Like, tell me a little bit more about how has that ever affected any of this stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been some ups and downs, you know, not every show is going to be a great show, you know, and there's like a lot of times, especially in this, in this, in this industry, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. People will tell you one thing and mm-hmm. then you get told another thing where it never happens or you, they just disappear, you know? So I feel like that's like the big thing with like this industry. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors. People are going to always promise you things or promise this or tell you this. And then when time comes, where are they? You know? How I think that's like the big thing that, like, I feel like the, that this has taught us, especially. It's just like words are words, let's see action, you know.
0: Yeah, taught to talk and walk the walk. That's, I would agree. Yeah, that's pretty good, guys, because I that's something that I always want to let the whole world know about. It's like, guys, like, there's good, there's a lot of sharks out here, you know, and you gotta be careful which shark to trust, you know. It's unfortunate we have to endure it, especially in this style of industry, you know, but it is what it is, you know, and it's very hard to trust somebody, you know, let's put it out Mm -hmm. that it's very hard to trust somebody. And and because one minute you see this certain person do certain things and the next day they they do something completely left field and you'll be like, oh, shit, that's how you are. That's how you move things. Then that's what's up. I thought. I thought I thought that we were like that, but all right, bet. Man, I got betrayed, backstabbed, like you have no idea not putting out names out there because they haven't done anything to me up to now and I'm not starting to do another beef. I'm like, I'm too old for to do beefs, man. What are what are your thoughts when when you have people that are like literally beefing with either with you guys or beefing with your artists? You know, what what do you stand on that?
2: Well, like with with beefs with us, at least we're luckily we, didn't, we don't have any beefs just yet with us. I mean, you know, there's, there's, you know, situations where people aren't happy about set times and things, mm-hmm. but we don't have any beefs along those lines. But it comes to artists though, you know, at least my recommendation is no beef is that important, you know, it's, it's, but you know what they say, any type of exposure is exposure. So there's two sides of things, you know, you could play it all for the exposure, how you want it, but it's also part of your image. And if you're mm-hmm. able to... Stay, keep your image clean that's the best thing for you you know you don't want to have problems with people in
0: true. yeah that's actually a great way to think about it man so mm-hmm. always always i don't i don't agree with the fact that any any publicity is good publicity i think that's that's very misconstrued for a lot of people, you know, because sure, your name will be out there whether you did something good or bad, but regardless of the status of it, if it's bad, people will definitely remember you and they will shit upon you and then dialogue, like, you get cancelled. Yeah, you get cancelled, you know, you get <laughs> in today's world, we got a lot of vulture cultures or a lot of cancel cultures, oh, people yeah. and, and shit, you know, and dialogue, in <laughs> 10 years from now, You did something right now and 10 years later you're better you're a better human being and stuff like that and someone will just dig up some old daughter of yours because of uh, of the publicity of us uh, because of something and now it becomes a shit show and now everybody wants to cancel you you know
2: yeah especially like when i'm saying like with artists it's better to keep yourself clean and away from that type of stuff Avoiding all that type of negative press because eventually, you know, we're in we're in an age of digital media, so it's like everything's gonna come. You can find anything on social any any social media. Type in something, there it is, you know. So
0: yeah, and it's and it's very and it's kind of shitty that we are living in in such a times like that. I say there's pros and cons to this. Like yes, there's the pros are that yes, a lot of people are getting exposed for their wrongdoings and they should be held accountable about it. However, the consulate is like it's getting out of control because now we're putting the hands of everyone and everybody can just police everybody. And then now you're living in a way in which we're basically tiptoeing, um, watching out what, uh, what I say and what I do, because it can easily get misunderstood right away. You didn't do anything. And all of a sudden you get misunderstood and somebody will just call you out and tell you some other shit and, you know, For your people will just be on your ass, man. I feel like people are looking for something that they can have problems
2: with nowadays. You know, they're looking for the next thing that they can cancel or they can, or they can like you know just talk about on their Twitter or on their Facebook or whatever, just to like shit on, you know?
0: Yeah, and and it's unfortunate that we have to be living in such a society that because it also affects the artist, even the up and coming artist, you know? Because like like I said earlier, we all made mistakes. There's a lot of mistakes that I've done. Nothing that's gone. That sounds seriously that, that I wish nobody can dig up any dirt out of me. Not any of that. I have to say this stuff now because, you know, people can misinterpret. And then that misinterpret can go now dig on some old shit And it's like, oh, but you said this. And now we're canceling you. It's like, oh, shit. So, yeah, I got to put those little disclaimers out there so so people will not come through my throat. Even though people are still going to come to my throat because I basically expose a lot a lot and a lot of truths in the industry that many people will wish they can never be revealed and I'm basically revealing that I mean the biggest reveal revelation I've ever done that's similar that's connected to you guys in a way like I find out that said artists who you probably have heard of them back in back in my time they basically were were horrible. A music production so they had a ghost producer and this ghost producer happens to be one of my closest friends that he's big in the industry and this this duo they were horrible until he came in and then he started making their music better and better but the fact is that their manager need need to pull them like put them up a map they need to put them up because if not he's spending a lot of money on the ghost producer to produce music that's not giving any revenues back, not getting their investment yeah. back. So what he does, they go to Insomniac and they basically tell him, Insomniac, we're paying you like 20 Gs to put these guys into one of your slots in EDC Vegas. Wow. wow. And before you know it, they say like we're putting you twenty, we're giving you twenty years to put these guys in one of the slots in EDC Vegas, and in return, you know, you guys get a percentage of the revenues for for every net booking or so, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they blow up because they play in EDC Vegas, just like that. Wow, just like that. They play yeah. in EDC cool. Vegas, and this guy basically, the manager basically put one of the producers. Into a producing school, so he can learn how to make music. All, all that, the investment is now. Now he, now he gains the investment back. A lot of people, when there's money around, when there's money involved, a lot of people pay their slots for their careers. Unfortunately, mm. so I'm asking you guys: Have you ever had an encounter in which somebody has paid you guys to, for them to play on a slot? Oh have you heard such a thing? I mean,
2: I haven't I didn't even Yeah, I didn't, I know didn't even know thing. that was like a thing like that that people pay for their slots like that. Mm, I mean, yeah. yeah, we've never yeah, we never had that happen mm. to our shows uh, but I can imagine how that's like awful for the industry though. You have people that are just like plants. I mean, it's like not even the real talent.
0: That is true. Yeah. And believe it or not, that goes mm-hmm. a lot more than you think. And I was shocked when I when I heard about this. I was completely shocked and I was completely like what the fuck because i thought you know this whole thing is all based on your talent your talent as a producer as an engineer as a dj as a social media guru crap you know (laughs) it all comes down to that i didn't know that you don't have to be talent for you to uh, actually be the biggest shit ever i didn't know that so stuff like that that i know and people people who assume me like, ah, you don't know nothing. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, oh, but I do, I do. In fact, l- the few years that I've been working in this industry, I've gained so much knowledge, more than people can Im- ever imagine, that people are can get shocked by the things that I said in this podcast, you know? So yeah. something, something for you guys to know that this is some of the secrets that I know about how the industry really works and how certain festival companies work. You know, it was like if you're willing to put down the money, like, hey, here's a couple of G's, please put my artist there. Because obviously you put those couple of G's, and if it blows up, it blows up, you get that money back. Yeah. You get that money back yeah. because how many however how many times you book your artists from that set company, you, you get paid. You get a percentage out of it from from your artists, obviously. Yeah. So believe it or not, stuff like that does happen. And, and wow. I am not surprised that it does happen here in South Florida, too. It does happen to any of the shows that and even in the big festival shows, even at some of the shows that I've performed back in Space Days and Heart Nightclub, you know, I've heard stories here and there from people who are very up there. Who have told me who have been told to me is like oh yeah this person like pay his slot and i'm like really pay is no, yeah, like yeah that blows five, my mind <laughs> five hundred dollars for his slot he's a local mind you well he was a local these guys were locals now i don't even know where they are right now they're not even like yeah. they disappear but it, it's cra- don't you think that's like insane that you're paying yeah, some? Yeah. you're paying for you to perform like that's something I mean, but how long can that last
2: i mean like how long can you keep that stick up before it becomes like what do you have you know like you're, paying any, like you're paying for you to be up there you don't really deserve it so it's not yeah. gonna last for however long you expect i mean you gotta build like the fandom doing it like organic everything's exactly. about organic work.
0: exactly No, because it's easier for them to to pay up and be there right now they want the fans right here right now they don't want they don't want to pull the hard work they want out they'd rather pay other people to do the hard work for them yeah and that's
2: not that's everything in life is about the grind i mean it comes down to anything you do any passion any any idea anything it's all about do you have the grind to do it Mm If you're not willing to do the grind you don't deserve to have any of the rewards that come with
0: it exactly i agree bro i agree man and and people may say like, oh, watch out. Wilson's is talking shit. Oh, Wilson is a conspiracy theorist. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> Wilson's, truth. Yeah, Wilson's talking nonsense. It's like, I bet. I bet. You know what? You know what? Tell you what. You don't believe me? Hold on. Let me ask the guest people that come over to my show and ask those same questions. Tell me if if I'm right or wrong. Most of the time, all my guests, they tell me the, the same truths, the same questions that I've been preaching about. In my shows, and they would say it like it is, and I'm like, "Why can I tell you guys? Like, don't take it from me, take it from them. They're telling you yeah. this is the type of shit that we see on a daily basis. We, we're some, are, some, sometimes we're just oblivious about it, but yeah, it does happen, and and it sucks mm-hmm. because again, we're taking away those opportunities." For people who really have the talent and deserves the spot more the spotlight more than what more than these guys. More these these fake people, you know? hundred yeah. percent.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like if you if you are really passionate about it, you don't deserve someone that's just gonna pay their way in front of you. You know, like Literally. there's like a hierarchy for everything, you know. You start off doing these underground shows where you're just, you know, it's just your local friends coming out and then you work your way up through the scene, you know? Yeah. You promote. End the promoting, you become you get your first opening slot. No one's even in the in the venue uh, for your opening slot, but you do it because it's part of the grind, you know. It's like if you if you skip all those steps, you're
0: not deserving of having an actual career in the industry, you know. I agree. very true. I agree, guys. But you know that's one of those you know dark story times I have tell once in a while with my guests to let them know you know how shitty the industry really is and how we need to stick up for each other and look out for each other because of you know people like this are always lurking around guys and we just have to like keep an eye uh, on it you know we have to be extra vigilant about it because you know it does Mm -hmm. happen let's just say that here in five years from now the way you guys are moving around with your organization and your event planning just shows i feel like from here in five years you guys are going to start building festivals and you guys are going to be on that festival run circuit like like dominating the the South Florida scene, you know.
2: Appreciate it, and yeah, we'll make you a promise too. Don't worry, we're not. We we look out for the artists that we work with. We look out for our people, and like I said, it's all about the grind. Like we're doing this, like we're building this company up from the bottom, and we've done that. And it's like if you're an artist, you deserve to do it. If you deserve to play, if you put the effort, you're gonna. We're not gonna take any money. Money is not the important thing. But of course, it makes the world go round. But like the reality is, it's the effort and the work that people put in. That's what mm-hmm. matters, and that's what we're we're based off of. So
0: that's dope bro that's dope and i wanted to commend you guys for continuing to do it and and continue with that such regards you know because that's that's the best way for for everybody you know to rise up together you know of course you know, that's the Absolutely. best way so in touch in now to you, now to your organization we're going to talk about more about your stuff now um i'm noticing that you guys have your own personal shop right that's your headquarters or such um, so right now we don't have
2: uh, any like physical location that we're, we have. Uh, we're currently building our website. Our website's going to launch, uh, next week or the week after we're just tweaking a couple things, uh, but we're going to be coming out with a bunch of different products for the store, mm. uh, like street apparel, accessories and things like that. We already have a couple pins made. Uh, we'll send you over some. So oh. send me over your address. So
0: we'll send. It. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Double X over here, man. We got L- you. Yeah. So we'll send you over some of the merch that we have coming in too absolutely send it over you know i will always promote on any of this stuff man absolutely if it's for supporting you guys absolutely let's go appreciate that thank you now let me ask you guys so how do you guys tackle the whole marketing when it comes to doing your shows and selling your merchandise well how do you do this
2: so so like we uh normally just for like our flyers and stuff we we make it in house uh normally i'll design up our flyers and then uh we work with a printing company that's like a local-based printing uh, shop, and we get all of our flyers made there. They cut us a real good deal. Uh, they're like family, so we work with them, and uh, we get like tons of flyers. And then normally, what we do is we uh, we'll get our like team of promoters or like you know a couple of our friends, and we'll just tell them, all right, so we're gonna go to FAU, we're gonna go to Lynn, and then we're gonna go to pot or drop off all of our flyers at the local smoke shops where you have the high foot traffic. Mm-hmm. so that's how we do with that and then um for like our products for the shows and stuff we'll post uh so for the coming shows that we have coming on we'll post uh, the different stores that we have like that are going to be uh in the event for us we'll post them in our stories and, and give people kind of like a notice of what we're gonna have like uh this event we're gonna have crystals coming in we have someone who sells apparel and we have pins and other accessories in our store as well. So,
0: and how do you guys tackle in the social media aspect of all of it? Um. So honestly, I got we got blocked off of Instagram and Facebook.
2: I don't know how or why. I think they just kind of targeted us because we posted two flyers that did pretty good on advertisements, and then uh, all of a sudden I got a we got a message. that was like, "Hey, you guys are uh, banned from doing any type of promotions."
0: Just so recently, right now, just recently? Uh, yeah,
2: I would say about maybe like two months ago give or take. I try to get in contact with people on Facebook, but they're like no one home, I guess. Right. So it's like right now it's just been, uh, just like people reposting a lot of just like reposts and you know, big thing for us is like radiate, just huge on radiate, yeah, a lot of radiate, radiate promotions. So uh, we're on EDM train. We post a lot on there too, but like, yeah, so our online marketing is a little bit different. We kind of use like guerrilla tactics almost when it comes to online marketing, just a lot of like, wherever you, you would go to look up for what you're going to do for the night or for that weekend we just kind of go there and we post all of our advertisements.
0: Okay and have you considered of, of other social medias besides Facebook and Instagram like if you try like the Snapchats, the Twitters, the TikToks and I don't know what are, uh, whatever. So,
2: yeah we're like we have uh we're, we're coming out with our TikTok soon that's uh in the works uh, um, we're going to come out with that. A Twitter we're, we're also planning on doing uh, soon as well. We're going to launch that within the next week or so and have the Twitter up but yeah, we've been we've been looking into getting into that side of things, especially with TikTok now, which is
0: huge. Yeah, blowing up.
2: Like uh, that's a huge, huge platform for people.
0: I agree. And let me tell you, I just downloaded TikTok like a month ago, basically. And I don't have that much following, but all the clips I put up from my podcast for all for different episodes, I get a range of between a hundred to five hundred views per clip. Okay, wow. And I only have like I'm telling you guys I only have like five, ten followers, less than that. Oh, wow. and wow. I I just put it's because the the hashtag algorithm is way better and effective than than Instagram and yeah, Twitter. Yeah, the reach
1: is way more.
0: Yeah, the reach is out there. So obviously, when I'm hashtagging some of this stuff, I obviously the first thing I'm hashtagging is hashtag EDM, and then hashtag dubstep hashtag bass music hashtag um sound designs hashtag music industry hashtag this this and that you know so <laughs> by doing that hashtag somehow the algorithm is actually like it reaches far you know and i got people literally viewing it and i have like nothing but followers so I highly recommend you guys to get in that TikTok trend as well and yeah, and start posting shit. I like start posting videos or stop posting clips or whatever. And, you know, let everybody know to redirect yourselves to this website or to this page or whatever it is that you try to market like. It works. Somehow yeah, it, really it works. Does. Like, I mean, it, people it's... People are
2: blowing up on TikTok, man.
0: Just, yeah. just recently, I just got... I gained two followers on my YouTube channel from TikTok. Wow. And they're just that's
1: worth it, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's I thought I thought it was just like bullcrap, you know. Like I, I, I could care less until one of my buddies like told me, like, nah, nah, bro, like everybody's blowing up for TikTok. You should get on that train, bro. Like, definitely, it's gonna benefit you, especially for your podcast. Cause do the best clips, you upload it everybody's going to see it, everybody. And then everybody's going to follow you. I'm like, all right, all right, bet. Let me, got nothing to lose. Little to effort. Boom. People are just like literally seeing my shit every day, bro. I wish I could actually gain money out of that. But, you know, that's a different story for another time.
2: It'll come in time. You have an awesome podcast, so that's going to come.
0: Thank you, you. I appreciate it, man. That's what I'm trying to do, little by little, man. I'm trying to gain. I'm trying to take my YouTube channel to reach 100 subscribers so I can finally have my own URL. Because all I got is YouTube.com slash That's my channel. So that's why. So, I, so I'm trying to get to 100 subscribers and then from 100 to reach 1,000 and then let's go on from there on, you know. but. And then the boom will happen. And then boom yep. will happen, man. Little by little, man. But, you know, I'm just trying to find ways to target my audience, target my people and try to, you know, Captivating, grab people's attention, and just like, hey, check this shit out, you know. And ain't yeah. easy. And ain't easy. And it's a different monster versus when I was an artist, because back then when I was an artist, it's very easy. All I had to do is just like send flyers with my name on it, with my information where they can follow me, sell tickets to everybody and shit like that. And boom, I got people already following me on my SoundCloud, Spotify. Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, all that shit. Boom! I got this. It's easy as an artist, but it's not as easy when it comes to a podcast. Because a podcast, you need to people can listen a three minute song. Few can listen an hour long podcast. You know, yeah. Especially, especially in in today's world where there's like a lot of young people who are a lot of upcomers who may not be inclined to podcasting right now. And they just want something quick, short, straight to the point. Kind of hard for me to, you know, captivate those people. So I always try to like, all right, let me put just the clips. So, you know, it could get them, grab their attention and, and check it out and see what's yeah, up. Get their yeah. foot in the
1: door. Yeah, know? seriously.
2: And with the conversations that you had, I watched the one with you guys and uh, you and DreamTakers, the one with you and, and Goon. And it's like. The, you know your guys' conversations, everything—it's captivating. So believe me, I have a big feeling your your
0: podcast is gonna blow up. Thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate that support, man. Just a little bit though. This is what it what it takes, man. It's what it takes. You just have to grind hard and be consistent about it nonstop, and take it from me and all my listeners right now. Take it from us. Like, this is part of the process, guys. Like, we have to keep doing this grind mode all the time, you know? We can't let it stop because as soon as you stop, all that hard work that you put up will just fall down very quickly, man.
1: Yeah, consistency is key.
0: Consistency is key. Now, when it takes to doing that, do you guys share a similar fake like mine that you guys had to be grinding all the time and all the stuff? There are times I couldn't sleep and then I had to do this and that, like... Tell me more about your experience when it comes to that.
2: Mm, man. I mean, it's just like, we're always on the grind. It's like, it doesn't stop. Like this is like a full-time thing. Like if you're in this type of industry, it's a full-time thing. Like for like, for us, it's like, we have to make the flyers. We have to get them printed on time. We have to go on all these social medias and, and post and make Promote sure that it. the promotions are going well. And that, that we're pushing, we're pushing our flyers enough that we're going to bring heads. It's like, there, it, there's no break. It's like all my breaks on my days off that I'm not working i'm over at fau handing flyers or i'm at some random like kuka place or a random like smoke shop handing out flyers just to get people to say okay let me see it we do a lot of giveaways too we give out like stickers and pins you know just just to try to get that traction so it never really stops if you're on the grind you're on the grind that's
0: that's dope man i love hearing that guys now let me ask you this this is a topic that i usually talk to a lot of artists but I've never actually talked about this with said event planners or promoters or festival organizers or such events just like you guys, you know, but it's actually pretty good to talk about it. So let me ask you guys, when it comes to mental health, how's your sanity running with all this shindig?
1: Gets stressful at times, you know, there's definitely moments where things need to be done and we need to find the motivation to do it. But my motivation derives from the people who want to come to these shows and are looking forward to the next one and uh, that's what really gets me going is uh, the community and them kind of uplifting us so like when's the next show who's playing like you know that's what usually gets me going
2: and yeah like with mental health I mean it, mental health is like a huge thing like especially nowadays it's, it's it's something that a lot a lot of people are a lot more open with mm. and I think that's a wonderful thing like these shows can be a lot on your mental health you know there's a lot of nights where you're staying up late putting in the work on making a flyer or Mm. you know you're trying to figure out what's the what's the right combination of tags and how do i get on these pages and you're you're doing a thousand things at once it's always important to like just like relax for a second take a break and just mentally picture what you're doing and say it's okay even if it's a good event or a bad event i feel like just like an artist you can have a great set or a bad set but regardless you're going to do it you're going to get it done and you just need to take yourself a little bit of time to breathe, give yourself a little bit of moments of clarity, like meditation or yoga, or even just going outside to walk, you know, taking like a break out of your day to let yourself have that
0: freedom of mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah, You definitely need to respect the process and kind of let everything work itself out.
0: That's good, man. Because I asked this because I know I've asked this a lot to a lot of, artists and you know i have experience with some homies that you know rest in peace they're there they had to go through their dark times and they're still there are there that are going through those dark times and you know we just have to be out there and letting them know it's like hey we love you guys yeah support it's,
2: and love to everybody
0: it's it, and it, but it never it never occurred to me to ask this to a festival or promoter or such because like we get a lot of stress on certain things when it comes to music or people or such but you guys actually have a different ball game because you guys have like a show to run and you guys have to make everything all perfect and in in your perfect mind everything has to be perfect everything has to go smooth and yeah. and you know we had to get deadlines here and there contact with this is like I can never imagine all those hardships that all the stuff that has to go through your heads to think of all this shit and not feel like not stressed at all. Like how? Do, and yeah, like, yeah, they, I don't they, know how you guys counts. even take take breaks out of it. You know, it's very hard. You just got to
2: you got to take like some time and just focus on like what's important. You know, like at the end of the day, your passions are always important. You should mm. put that as a priority. But the people around you in your life are also priorities and you can never forget that like for me i'm blessed to have a beautiful girlfriend that like i spend a lot of my free time with and she helps ease the stress of like the grind i mean it's it for us it's a second job you know and you have to be able to have that moment to say okay i have to separate both my passions and what's like what else is important in my life and have a balance between both because if not you get you get drug into the bottom of the hole and
0: then it's rough because even if your show does good and you're stressing you don't you don't even
2: enjoy it and if it's bad it's 10 times worse than if you were to have a clear mind going into it you know
0: i agree man and for, for our listeners guys always take care of each other you know like take care of your mental health like if you feel like you're going through a path that you shouldn't even be going through, like detach yourself for a moment, you know, go back to your happy place. Like do something that, you know, makes you happy and be passionate about it. Like if you like going do jogging, go fucking jog. If you like going play, I don't know, like video games, play video games. If you like watching TV and just chill, watch TV chill. You don't like to go out, go out, like go back to your happy place and, you know, do stuff that makes you happy because if you feel very stressed, you feel like it's coming down to you. It's bringing you down. Find, find, it, find it in your heart to detach yourself and take a mental break. And it's okay. It's yeah. okay to take a break. Absolutely, There's nothing you need wrong. It sometimes. Yeah, you need it sometimes, you know? And just like you, like, I have my fiancé in which, like, I lean to her all the time whenever I feel stressed out and pissed off and... And all the above. When I, all my emotions are all, all over it. And I feel like she's like my calm to my storm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, and it's
2: important to take care of those people. That are, are your number one supporters. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day. If they're your number one supporters. They got your back. And they're able to work with you. Like you know. Sometimes you may be overstressed. And you're thinking it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. It's good to talk to people. Be open
0: yes. with you. Of course.
2: Because you know? they can tell you something. That could change the way that you're looking at. Or even going at certain things.
0: you know. Yeah. I agree. And let me tell you guys, like my biggest therapy is podcasting either, either me listening to podcasts or me actually doing my podcast and talk about these issues and talk about it. That's my biggest therapy. That's how I actually like literally take out all the shit that I actually have in here and just like blah, puke it out. Yeah, that's amazing that you found that.
2: And it's awesome
0: yeah. that you talk about your mental health on your platform. Yeah, that, awesome no, yeah, and I'm very adamant about it. I like I've spoken about my mental health in my previous episodes before, and you know I let everybody know. It's like guys, like I remember I was in a dark time back back at a few years ago. And, you know, I was working at a I was working at the Cleveland Hotel in South Beach. I was an audio tech for them, and my job was literally on the weekends. Thursdays, Fridays, Saturday, and Sundays. That's my weekends. And I work 12-hour shifts. Mm. Five, five, really five, five to five or six to six, however you want to put it. you know. And obviously, as a technician, you're basically like setting up all the DJs. All, you're the artist liaison. Mm. You're the dancer's liaison. You're setting up the stage pods. You're setting up the lights. You're setting up the speakers. You're setting up the, the LEDs. You're out there being the LED tech, you're becoming the VJ as well. You know, sometimes these DJs don't show up, and you gotta be out there and perform a little bit just to keep the crowd going and shit. It takes a toll, man. And at the same time, at the same time, you know, like as a as back then as a DJ, you're the only which are the days that you perform on the weekends. So it was literally a back and forth with me trying to you know call a day off so I can perform a space or perform a heart. Perform at cinema. Perform at these days, and as and then the next day I had to come back and do my twelve-hour shifts. It was hard for me even to make music overall because I'm just so fried from the entire weekend that I have no urge to m- make any music. I feel like I was, and especially I make put so much pressure into myself on making music that it just make me feel so uncomfortable, make me feel so unhappy. No matter how much I learn, how I try to progress, like I was in a dark place very badly and and it wasn't for the sanity from my family, you know, for them to reach me out and say like, hey, let's just go to the movies. Hey, let's just go to a weekend over here. Let's just go to the beach and stuff. It wasn't for my family. I honestly don't know where I could have ended up, you know, but I was just like very bad very bad you know and luckily like the sun will shine and it did shine for me and i moved on i'm i got a, a way better job with a way better hourly rate we a way better nine to five style and i can still do my fan and i can still do my podcast i can still do my music whenever i feel like making music you know i still got i still got some projects there that i want to release there's one project that particular that i want to release next month for halloween or something like that you know i'm very excited for it and it's like one of like the most original shit i've ever done in my life
1: oh yeah that's incredible
0: like kid you not it's like i've ne- i've done a lot of original music this one has been the most original of the originals because there's like the level of commitment i did it it was just in an unimaginable and not only that it's just it was just i didn't feel any pressure of doing it i was just like let me just work on this just this this and that and holy shit people fuck with it i'll fuck with it a lot i was like all right let's yeah. do this <laughs>
2: oh yeah it's it's but you, you got that out of your balance right the balance of your new schedule and that's like what's important i feel like a lot of people especially like something that i know that our generation deals with like the younger generation is like yeah. a lot of us go to school we work we work more than one job or two jobs and then you have your passion that you want to do and you try to do it but you get frustrated it's because you don't have that set balance. You yeah. don't have that structure to your living where it makes sense, where you can, you have, okay, I work my nine to five, but I have time afterwards to be creative. I have the, that little break where you can do what you need to be, that needs to be done.
0: You yeah. know? And you're not burnt out. And you're not burnt
2: exactly. out. Everyone burns out.
0: Absolutely. Everybody burns out. I've burned out, well, many times. The It's the one thing I do say, like, just like what you say, you just have to... F- Administer your time and find the right time for you. Actually, do your thing. You know, like whatever it is you're passionate. Mm-hmm. And I, this is a message for all our up and comers and for everybody who's listening to. Like, guys, th- if you have to work on a nine to five, because I had to work to pay off my student loans and and bills and other shit, so I couldn't like I couldn't done the struggling artist routine. I could have because I will die. I will <laughs> <laughs> now. I don't mean like fi- like <laughs> literally. I mean figuratively. Like. You know, like I'll start to death. Um, I won't have anything to pay my bills, like my credit will be shut to hell. I, you know, I guarantee you, it's okay to have a nine to five job and still do your thing. You know, you just have to learn how to administer your time and find the right time for you to do it. You know, one thing that I always tell everybody is like I what I used to do when I used to do a lot of music is that I don't want I stay in my office. In my nine to five job, I have my own office. And in my office. From, from where I work it t- it'll take me like an hour to get to my home even though it's a 20 minute drive it'll take me an hour because of traffic right so what I do is very simple I stay a little bit longer I stay one or two hours in the office just writing music writing music and I do that every day for n- Monday for Friday writing music for just two hours that's it just do something for two hours that's it because once 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 you're done, you, once you can go back home and you're just like chill and then you'll feel accomplished because you did something. Exactly. And you're utilizing
2: that time. You know, if you leave at the time that you're supposed to, you're going to be stuck for regardless for an hour. So now mm-hmm. why, why not use that hour and use it for something beneficial?
0: You know? Exactly. And as well, it creates like a sort of um, discipline to yourself, you know? Yes. Because now you're disciplining yourself that, and it's becoming of a routine every day yeah you know you have to do two hours of music or something you know like it's it's a must you have to do it and it becomes something
2: yeah
0: consistency
2: is key and that's like with anything in the world
0: you can't you
2: can't be a pro at anything without trying to be consistent at it putting in the work you know
0: i agree i got a few more questions and we can wrap this up guys so one of these questions is very simple why is it that you guys decide to choose Underground Whoops as your, you know, as your name for the organization? Uh, so,
2: so we ended up coming up with Underground Whoops because like we're part of the underground scene. I mean, even though, like I said, it is blowing up and it is getting be- like bigger and, and the sounds are getting bigger. You know, we're still underground. Like the music scene is still underground. It's not mainstream just yet. It's starting to, we're mm-hmm. still an underground scene. And when you think of the underground, you think of like like these these like really gritty shows where it's like a community of people that go and they you know you, you think of these underground like underground rave parties from the '90s and it was like this culture that used to go to these like raves you didn't know where it was and like but it was like the some of the stories you hear from these people that talk about like the '90s and early 2000 raves they're off the wall and they're underground events you know mm. and the wubs came from just the fact that like uh, when you refer to dubstep and everything else it's wubs it's wubs yeah. music so. We're the, we're, we're underground wugs. Yep.
0: Wubba dub dub <laughs> dub. There you go. That's what I like. So what has been up to now your greatest accomplishment? Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, honestly, I would say the, the best accomplishment
2: is just having like people that are excited for like our shows and like people that give us like recognition and love, you know, people that are, that will come to our shows. They'll tell us about how much, like how much they've spread word about it. Or they tell us how much they love the event. Or even just like getting the recognition from people on our Instagram when we do things. I think that just makes everything worth it. Honestly, that makes it worth going through the headache of making putting a show together and throwing one.
1: Definitely the fan base. One hundred percent
0: the community. Dope. What are you guys are currently doing right now, and what do you guys hope to accomplish by it? Um. So right
2: now we're just uh we're we're right now currently. In like in the works with a few locations. Uh, I, won't, I won't say anything more than, we might have a speakeasy in Miami that we're gonna hopefully get in, uh, mm. gets within the next two months. We're in talks with them. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're thinking about doing that. Uh, we've been in contact with a couple of farms to try to throw like an outdoor uh, farm type of festival in the middle yeah. of like lots of hatching and stuff. So we have, some, we have some things that we have in the works right now, but our goal is to eventually throw a block party and hopefully oh, a yeah. festival one day. Oh,
0: oh, oh, I'm looking forward to those guys. I'm definitely looking forward to it. One last question and we can wrap this up, guys. Let's just say right now a UFO comes out of nowhere and comes to you guys and a couple of aliens pop out and the guys say like, yo, guys, we need your help. We need your help because it's only you guys can help us with this. But and you guys have to come with us, you know? We don't know how long this is going to take, but you have to come with us. But before you guys go, they're going to give you a piece of paper and they tell you write free pieces of advice that you'll give to someone. What are those free pieces of advice?
2: All uh, I'll say one. I'll have him say one. And then we can yeah. discuss the last one. But For I'll sure. say the first one. Um, fuck it. That's the biggest thing ever is fucking nothing in this okay. world is given. You don't have any you're, you're born in this earth with realistically, you don't have a path that you're designed to go. Right. You make the decision to go in whatever path you decide, say, fuck it and do it. There's nothing that can happen. If you say, fuck it, you can have all these doubts and everything inside of you. If you want to go to a business, DJ, do art, whatever. If you decide it's the one day you say, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. Fuck it. You're going to do it. Yeah. So that's my one bit of advice. Say fuck it sometimes.
1: Yeah. My bit of advice kind of goes hand in hand with what you just said. And it's just follow your dreams. You know, if you're passionate about something, you have to stick to it. You have to be consistent. Um, and just don't give up, you know, you have to believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing and, um, you just gotta kind of see it through, you know, pretty much the same thing. And then the last it.
2: and the last thing, and I think it all just brings it all together. And it's something that me and my best friend, like we made up like years ago when I was like freshly in high school, nothing is ever this easy. And that that goes to everything in this world. Nothing is ever easy and mm. you're not going to, nothing is going to be handed to you on a silver spoon. You have to work and you have to grind for it. Right. So if you're not willing to wake up and get, get on the grind. It's never going to come to you.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Those are actually three great ones, man. And I, I'll add a bonus one, which is this is like the one that I don't say it trumps all, but it's like the one that you should be following by heart every day on a daily basis when it comes to all this stuff. Be humble.
1: humble. That's too,
0: yeah. Be humble, because believe it or not, guys, being humble doesn't cost you anything and it will take you much more farther than you can ever imagine you have no idea what it is to be humble and be nice to someone and let's say that you're being nice to someone that's next to you and a few years later that same someone remembers you and then it comes and helps you on your thing exactly believe you never know it, you never know it, it always works like that you know believe it or not it happens it has happened and i've seen it happen it has happened to me it has happened to some of my homies like it's a real thing like there's nothing doesn't cost you to just be nice and humble guys just the humbleness will will pay its dues guys so Absolutely. thank you guys for coming into the show i thank really love, appreciate do you have no idea how much this means to me for you guys to come over to the show and i've learned a lot from you guys and what you guys do and i'm pretty sure that all my listeners and followers will I appreciate you guys telling your side of the story when it comes to making music festivals so people know like hey we're all human beings guys you know like this is what we do you know and i'm pretty we're s- glad
2: and we're happy to yeah. be a part of it and thank you for having us on, on your show you're you're an awesome host yes thank and, you uh, to thank all you. the viewers listening
0: he's the man so- thank you guys i really appreciate it before we go out guys plug yourself out let the people know what's the next big thing that's coming up and what a- in your future guys
2: all right so september 10th we have a show with uh, mark tech underwood kevcast simplifier ashisha house and boca we're doing uh, specials for call for any college ravers we're going to be doing five dollar tickets ten dollars with uh if you don't have a college id and that's 18 plus and then uh we have shows booked up for the rest of uh, the month in october so just follow us on Instagram
0: at Underground Wolves. Yep, That's what's up, guys. Well, thank you, Underground Wolves. Thank you very much for coming to the show. And thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode, with a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and of course, the YouTube channel at LoneWolfPod.com. That's lone, Pod.com. You, when you can check all my latest episodes all for free, guys. Please help me out. Let's get to 100 subscribers, guys. Let's get to 100 subscribers so we can get our own URL. Guys. Yes, guys. Let's, Let's get 100 subscribers at, at lonewolfpod.com at the YouTube channel. You know, if we get to 100 subscribers, I promise you guys. I'll do one random one-to-one feedback session with anyone. Anyone. It doesn't matter who it is. I'll do a one-to-one feedback session and I'll give you guys out one of my projects and you guys can do a, r- a remix out of it. Let's just go nuts about it. Okay, guys? Let's, let's go nuts eat. to yeah.
2: 100. You've heard it
0: here first. Underground world just saying to 100 first. To so the first Great. 100. Let's go, guys. And once we get 100, let's reach our goal to 1,000 and we'll have something even better on there. But until then, Help me out. Comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys got a, a specific topic that you want me or you want Underground Wolves to cover please let me know at the comments down below. Okay, guys. So thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you guys in the next one. Peace, sis. Peace.